welcome to The Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. And our episode this week is a very special one. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary. We are celebrating yeah. one million views. So we are opening up questions to all of you. This is something that we normally keep for patrons only. At the end of every episode, we answer our patrons' questions. But this episode is going to be all you, all questions the entire time. The after show is a, a lot of interaction. People ask us things uh, that are sometimes professional, sometimes personal. We get to all of them uh, and uh, we love it. Like that's that's like the highlight of, of every show to me is having that interaction. We thought, let's bring that to everybody to celebrate the one year. Um, get people who uh, are not currently patrons, can't become patrons, whatever it is, give them a shot to throw the questions in. And wow, did we get a lot of them? And they're good, too. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to get to as many of these as possible. Uh, but this is what uh, we wanted to give to uh, an explanation of what what it's like when when you're a patron. We have uh, this stuff at the after show. And then there's a little bit of live streaming, isn't there? Yeah, there's a live stream that we're doing, you know, once a month, if you want to catch the live stream that we just recorded, there is an archive link for you over at Patreon. You have to become a patron for that, though. Uh, Patreon.com slash the create unknown. And the live stream is an interactive uh, experience so that, you know, we're all like really hanging out together, but, but even this kind of more passive interaction is really cool for us. And that's why, you know, when Matt and I were talking about this week's episode, we thought, you know, to celebrate the one year anniversary and the 1 million views, let's just really kind of open it up to everyone and bring everybody in and answer as many questions of yours as we can. There are a lot, but we're going to try our best to, to hit as many as possible. You ready to roll? Yeah, yeah. Fire away. All right. Let's do it. The first one comes from One Star on Discord. And the question is for you, Kevin. What is love? Well, oh, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but think of that song. <laughs> who, sang, who sang that song? Like Hadaway or something. So it, I just remember the night at the Roxbury aspect of it. Yeah. 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 Total, total one-hit wonder. What is love? Yeah. That that. I don't think that we have enough time for that. Maybe we'll have to bring in uh, like Dr. Ruth or um, some sort of love expert onto the show. If I had to put it on a bumper sticker, I'd say something like when you're with somebody and absolutely nothing else registers, nothing else is on your radar. I mean, it just the world doesn't exist outside of you and that person. That's what it feels like to me. That's pretty good. I don't think I could top That's that. That's best I could do in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. You know? I like it. We'll go with that. Uh, I, Isaac Teal, uh, who is a baby gang member uh, with baby Scoop Magoop. Um, Isaac, this is really interesting. He asked, do you sleep in first person or third person? If both, what type of dream do you dream in first or third person? So like I've never thought about dreaming that way. Yeah, I've always... I believe dreamt in first person. It's always me yeah. who is in the dream. And I'm mm. going to be honest, I rarely remember my dreams. Like very, yeah. very rarely. I know a lot of people, you know, my my wife, I know my sister just seem to wake up and remember like four dreams that they had, 
which to me sounds really exhausting because whenever I, I do wake up having remembered the dream that I just went through, it takes me a while to kind of recover from that because it feels like, I know Mitch Hedberg always had this joke. Gosh, I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of, um, you know, fixing his, he, he just spent all night fixing his lawnmower with his landlord or something like that. <laughs> so that's what your dreams are is, is fixing machinery. To, for, for me, I don't know. I always seem like, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but there are sometimes when I'm falling asleep where I start dreaming while I'm still awake mm. and I can actually like see and hear things, but I'm not sleeping yet. And that's mm -hmm. really weird just to be kind of an observer of my own yeah. thoughts and notice kind of how random they are. So it's a little cry for help to the doctor to adjust your meds. It's probably some <laughs> sort of mental disorder. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is from uh, Jeff, also on the Discord, Baby Gang. Uh, number one, he was actually the very first patron uh, for the Create Unknown. Jeff was. Um, and that's something we will never forget. This is a quickie favorite movie as a child and favorite movie now. Oh, as a child, that's easy. That was the Goonies. I must've watched the Goonies a countless number of times. Now I would say it depends. I mean, the movie I've probably watched the most as an adult is would be the big Lebowski. I think I've seen that yeah. movie. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, mine's really easy. Favorite movie as a child? Uh, probably Rocky IV, uh, which that came out in 86. So it was prime time for me, just as I was getting to understand the world. I had that movie to guide me. It's been tremendously useful. <laughs> That's how you started um, training uh, that was in Siberia to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to defeat Ivan Drago. <laughs> favorite movie now is is still uh, over the top. There's wow. there's really no better story than having to arm wrestle for custody of your child, and and get a truck and get a uh, an eighteen wheeler. Both Stallone movies. Uh, yeah, and but both about the same time. I mean, 86 on Rocky Four, and I think Over the Top was 87. Uh, but it actually had a really weird impact, uh, Over the Top did, because the arm wrestling tournament was in Las Vegas and held downtown, too, not on the Strip, but on the old, what we call now, like, Old Vegas. Um, I thought it was the coolest-looking place in the world when I, when I saw that movie, and it always stuck with me. And I thought... I, I want to go there when I can. And so I started going there. It's had a tremendous impact on, you know, kind of how my life has played out. Uh, and then, you know, I met Maura there as well. And so now I'm in uh, Vegas uh, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it all started with arm wrestling and over the top. So yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I want to make it perfectly clear before we move on that this is a movie about Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling like entering an arm wrestling competition yeah. to now correct me if I'm wrong. You're the expert here to not only win custody of his son, but to also yeah. win back his truck. Uh, the truck is the grand prize of the tournament because <laughs> at that time, so many, so many arm right. wrestlers are, are truck truckers uh, at okay. that point. 
Yeah, yeah, but uh, the wife the wife has died. They've been separated for a long time. And and so the wife's father is like this extremely wealthy kind of land baron overlord type. Um, you know, and he wants to take custody of of the son and Sylvester Stallone needs to prove that he's like a fit parent and the way to do this is to just crush arms. Is to go like this. <laughs> the way to prove you're a good dad is to go like this. <laughs> so so we spent way too much time on this question. <laughs> That'll happen. Um, this one's good. Minecraft Skull on Discord, <coughs> excuse me, asks, what's your favorite flavor of bean? Of bean? That's right, of bean. I suppose coffee bean would oh, be- Oh, that's good. That's a good, I mean, a good coffee. Bad coffee is pretty bad, but man, good coffee oh. is delicious. And I th I'd say a runner up to the coffee bean- is refried beans. I oh, see, I was going to say baked. I baked? was going to say baked. Like any kind of baked bean is good. Baked bean is solidly third place mm -hmm. for me. Oh. Yeah. No, no. I'd go it, no. coffee. If we keep... I Coffee's mean, good. I didn't even think about that. But what about vanilla bean? That's not bad, is it? The flavor of vanilla? I really yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, we got a bean rundown. We should have a full bean episode yeah. at one point. So Blasteroid also in the Discord, uh, and he was just recently in New York. Uh, he had a nice vacation there and, and then went back to the UK. Um, but uh, yeah, it was cool to hear about, about the ins and outs of, of uh, a week in New York City. Uh, he says, what are your favorite bands and artists? How about you list three? Favorite bands. Uh, Gojira is probably number one. I love Gojira. Mm -hmm. uh, all-time band would be Nirvana. I don't listen to them that much anymore because I've listened mm -hmm. to them like nonstop yeah. when I was a teenager. And a third one would be the Tool. I love the new Tool album. I love Fear Inoculum. I've been listening to that pretty much on replay in the car since it came out. I'm going to go Kenny Rogers, uh, Leonard Skinner, and... Then there's everybody else, really. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival is my nirvana, uh, where, you know, I listened to everything. I had every single uh, record. You know, I, I just wore the vinyl down on those. I've heard every song seven million times at this point. So I don't I don't listen to them a whole lot anymore because it's like etched in in my brain. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, they're the all time all time on that. Um, so Conrad has, has two questions that go together. Uh, who's your favorite discord user? This is, this is Conrad 500 on discord. So he's around a lot. What, uh, so who's your favorite discord user? And his follow-up question is why is Conrad 500 your favorite discord user? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I actually have an answer to this. The first 499 Conrad's you know, just weren't <laughs> up to snuff. And it was the 500th Conrad that really tipped it over the edge in, in his favor for me. <laughs> I actually have a favorite Discord user and, and it's non-controversial too, because if you, if, you know, we, we picking favorites is going to go badly, but at the same time, how can, how can we not uh, have a deep love for Ben W because he makes everything work. He, he handles Everything. I mean, he set up the Discord for us. He uh, uh, just really puts everything together that we need. That's that's community related, and that's amazing. I mean, having having somebody like that as a resource is so shockingly valuable that it's even tough 
uh, tough to detail. And so without him, there really is no no Discord anyway. So I I think that that's fair. That uh, yeah, that that gets somebody the favorite tag, doesn't it? Well, especially when you know we're we're such boomers that we wouldn't been able to do this without him. So you know, thank you very <laughs> we, much to Ben. We would have set up like a, a list serve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, in, another one really quick from Conrad, if you could live, uh, or have any living famous celebrity on TCU or just to interview, who would you want? I believe I've said this before. Maybe it was in a, a, a patron only part of the show, mm -hmm. but it's, it's Shaq. I really want to meet Shaq. Oh, right. Like a 100% yeah. like genuinely want to hang out mm -hmm. and talk to Shaq. I find him absolutely fascinating and endearing and mm -hmm. I think that people would probably assume that I would say you know somebody like Elon Musk maybe yeah um but I would be really intimidated I think by somebody like that whereas somebody like Shaq I don't think I'd be intimidated I think I would just have fun with that guy he just seems like mm -hmm somebody who's just interested in having a good time and is not uptight and is really laid back and chill and just seems to be a joyful person in a way that I want to be around, if that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's seems right based on what we see and what we know about him. Uh, I think it would be much more relaxed and it would be cool to hang out. Um, I don't have an answer on this. Uh, I, I've thought about it. I, I honestly enjoy talking to pretty much everybody. And that, that makes it hard to do something like this because it doesn't matter if they're a celebrity or not. You know, we talk about uh, YouTube people like this and, and we know some uh, some of the people we like the most and are biggest fans of have you know like seven subscribers. Uh, and I would be just as thrilled talking to them as I would to, you know, talking to Mr. Beast. I don't, I, you know, I don't care about the celebrity aspect. Uh, I've had really a lot of really useless conversations with famous people in my life. I've had a lot of amazing, just, just incredible conversations with like random ding dongs at a bar. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> like, so how am I supposed to make a decision? I don't know how it's going to play out. So. Also, like without naming names, there are definitely plenty of really successful people that you don't want to hang out with at all. No, that are not, not fun to hang out with that are not just no. relaxed or like sociably, uh, socially enjoyable to be around without a doubt. And, yeah. and, and I think that that plays into sometimes why they're successful. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they have ramped up some element of their personality that makes them really successful in some arena and <laughs> there's like a, a yeah. massive deficiency or drop off in, in other elements of their personality that yeah. lent, doesn't lend itself to you really wanting to sit down over a nice cup of coffee and just chat with them. <laughs> you know, I, I wish we could do an episode on like worst famous people encounters, <laughs> but that's exactly the sort of thing that comes back to bite you in six or seven years when somebody dredges up this old episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the next one is, and we've talked about this a lot, so you can say, you know, like a line about it. 
Um, Al3891 in Discord, uh, also a patron, uh, how did we meet and how did we start working together? We've talked about that at some length in the past, but do you remember something from the really, really early days? Well, just to recap for, if we have answered this in the patron only section through the wormhole mm -hmm. and not on an episode, you know, Matt and I did go to school together. We mm -hmm. went to middle school and high school together, not in the same grade. Matt was a year um, ahead of me. And then we really became close friends kind of after college when we were both working online and trying to figure out how to make careers out of kind of uh, online work. We must have been like 24, 25 then. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that about sounds right. right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's, we, we knew who each other was for like 15 years before that, but never talked until after, after college. Yeah. Because we, you know, high school gets so, you get so fractured into your little clicks and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And sometimes the, even, even the grade barrier, you can cross the grade barrier if you're on a sports team with somebody, you know, maybe they're in a, ahead yeah. of you, but you're both on the baseball team or you're both in band or you're both in choir or whatever it is. But sometimes, you know, I was, you and I weren't going to mix no matter what in high school. We like, did different stuff. We yeah. did completely different things and had totally different interests. Yeah. You know, and still, still really do <laughs> like, like uh, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, look at the answers to the music stuff. Um, you know, I'm popping on a, a smooth Kenny Rogers playlist and, and you're doing whatever a Gojira does. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> true. That's absolutely true. But, but also, yeah, there's a lot of going I, back that, that far. There's just, there's so much, you know, now it's been like 25 years. I know, but I, I, what I was going to say is I think that those, those differences, you and I are both open to ideas mm. and both really open to like exploring the best solution for ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where you and I connect. And that connection is so strong that the other stuff is whatever, like, that's fine. Yeah. Like you it's go a detail. Yeah. You, you go watch the movies you like and listen to the bands you like and and, and honestly, do the hobbies that you like, which you're much more of an extrovert than I am. Like, I, I would much rather stay home and be an introvert and play video games and read my book or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> and all of that still works out because we can come together over like the the mutual kind of obsession with mm -hmm. the exploration of ideas. Our approach to things is really similar. Like we understand the way we both approach things. Uh, everything else is pretty different uh, and that's cool. But when you match up on the, on the approach, uh, then, <coughs> uh, then it's, it's just really easy to work together. It's easy to get along. You know, we haven't had uh, like a substantial disagreement about anything uh, like involving us. Like, I think we've split on some things that were out that had outside factors, but had never at any point did it have anything to do with us. Uh, so, like, you know, so like we always pretty much figure out a solution on things and and just plain go forward on stuff and do things uh, without without really any trouble. 
No, but, but I also think that the the differences in personality help when it comes to figuring things out. Like if you oh, and yes. I both yeah. had the same interests and perspective on everything, then how yeah. th- then you might as well just argue with yourself. It's not even mm-hmm. helpful to 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 bounce ideas off of somebody else if they're just going to reflect and hit you back in the face. Like you need to be bouncing yeah. ideas off of somebody who actually has <laughs> ideas that are different than yours, even yeah. if that causes that like cognitive dissonance where you're like, wait a minute, like this person's an idiot. It's like, well, <laughs> maybe they are, but hey, maybe you yeah. are. And that's kind of like yeah. the, the the tension that needs to exist, I think, for we like a about strong working with, relationship. Yeah, we've talked about that with content where, uh, you know, I, I go back to the Zorba video where there was this section that I thought was awesome and interesting. And, and you were like, you know what? This is boring and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, without if, if we'd said the same thing, uh, that would have gone in the video and it would have been boring and dumb. You know, I, I, we have to have that difference on perspectives to get a better product. And without that, you know, sometimes there, it works the other way where, you know, you say, oh, we should focus more on this and that. I'm like, oh, but that's, that's really not interesting because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, so you have to have that massive difference and then be, you know, like not take it personally when stuff gets caught in, and, you know obliterate you just realize like hey yes this is interesting to me and like one percent of people but it might be better to do something that's interesting for you know 90 percent of people mm-hmm. yeah uh, because the remaining nine percent those people just hate everything so it doesn't matter <laughs> um <laughs> blastroid as i'm finding another question blastroid has one that's got to be for you honey where are my pants they are on the bathroom floor where you left them, and you better do that laundry like I asked you to. Given that Blasteroid is in the United Kingdom, pants means underwear there. Oh, yikes. Yeah. I didn't realize so that. Is, I'm just assuming that he meant the UK version of pants. <laughs> <laughs> but you never, never actually know. Oh, speaking of Eagle Brand sardines. Um, Memph02 in Discord, how is our favorite sponsor, Eagle Brand Sardines, doing? And have you run out of their patches yet? We have actually, on the patches, we have reached capacity on patches. Um, I actually have, have taken a look at what it would cost to make more. It's, it's possible. I, I can't commit to doing that right now, but we could recreate uh, Eagle Brand Sardine patches to get more. And I don't think the the company at this point would give us a hassle on it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think it's so. always dicey. Yeah. It's always dicey to deal in intellectual property like that, but I feel fairly safe on, on that one. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good patch. And I, and I, I, you know, I don't want us to, to run out when there are so many sardines left to slurp in this world. Ugh, slurp. <laughs> So another uh, YouTube related question, Corey Brandt, uh, he uh, uh, commented right on on YouTube and and often does on the videos. Uh, This is a really interesting operational question. Why do you think the views sharply declined after the release of season three? And I think that's something that we should we should address. Uh, Do you want to? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, some part of part of that is the format changed. I mean, 
mm-hmm. when we first and and our idea of what the show is changed. A lot of things really mm-hmm. kind of changed pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. At at its core, what we wanted to do differently in season three is focus more on the audience and us and the show itself mm-hmm. and use still do interviews, but have that not be the standalone element of the show like it was before. When we first started the Create Unknown, it was just for the interviews and we released them every other week. And it was a deep dive into who these creators are and where they came from. And over time, we kind of just realized that you and I didn't get to discuss things that we've had have on our minds and things that, that you and I question and, and want to talk about as it relates to YouTube and, and having a career in a creative sector. Yep. And while we still will do the interviews, you know, we, we, we did a few already in season three and we have more on the docket. Like I said, we have mm-hmm. about a dozen creators who are already firmly committed to being on the show. So that will yep. happen. We also wanted to put out episodes every single week we worked on and launched the patreon so that there was a mechanism for us to to mail things to our fans on there Mm -hmm. and also just give us the opportunity to talk about things like what it's like to develop merch or what's you know going on with the trending tab or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be there's algorithm stuff at play too, uh, which I know people get bored talking about, you know, the algorithm and whatever, uh, but it really makes a difference here with the format that we've got. Uh, number one, things are good in podcast land. You know, we don't have, <laughs> we, we didn't have any decline like that uh, on, on the podcast side, you know, iTunes and, and whatever. Uh, that's awesome. <clears throat> but you've got to think about how YouTube sees a video like what we do. It's very long, okay? So an hour, let's say, uh, if not more, and most of them are a bit over an hour. Um, very few people can see that pop up in their feed and say, why, yes, I have I have the time and interest right now to dedicate 90 minutes to this at this moment in time. No, it, nobody does that. That's, that's, that's really uncommon. So they'll slide by. Perfectly normal. I do this with podcasts uh, myself. When I have time and I'm in the mood for a certain type of podcast, then I'll do it. But I I never get a notification and I'm like, boom, I'm there. Um, So click-through rates are by default going to be much lower on something like what we do, okay? Uh, And that uh, retention uh, on watch time as well is going to be low uh, because – you know, you get interrupted, you're, again, maybe not in the mood for the whole thing, or you come back to it, or whatever it is. Uh, But on something that long, let's say it's 90 minutes, you watch nine minutes of it, 15 minutes of it, 20 minutes. That's, that's pretty good, you know, spending 20 minutes on content. But the percentage on retention for YouTube's purposes is very low compared to like a Vsauce 2 video, where most people are watching the majority of it. You know, because it's only 10 minutes long, like you're going to watch that whole thing. Um, So all of these elements that YouTube values to serve content, it's perfectly sensible for those not to fit on like a long form podcast. And so over time, uh, you know, the, the site just doesn't serve this up straight away because so few people are jumping on it. We're totally comfortable with that. Uh, that's 
the way it works on this platform and with this type of content that we're putting on this platform. Um, it's just kind of the way it is, uh, and it's important to recognize that. Uh, you know, some changes on the community tab and, and what uh, that does to drive traffic, that was a big deal. Uh, just all sorts of factors uh, go into us never knowing whether very few people are going to see this on YouTube or whether many people are going to. And so we take what we can get on it and just uh, deal with it and and move on. But the important thing is making content that we think is good and interacting with the community. And like Kevin explained, we really wanted to make a switch where we were interacting with with people a lot more. And that has been a massive, massive success, whether it's on the Discord, whether it's in comments, stuff like that. Uh, we we feel great about that. Um, and, and that's the real value on how this has played out. So yeah, because yeah, I, the, like, the way that, that a good question, the way that it was before was, was essentially like we were a mechanism for fans of other creators to hear from that creator, whether it was iDubs yeah. or it was Casey Neistat or it was mm -hmm. Quackity or Carson, Quackity or Carson's fans would come to the create unknown to hear from Quackity or Carson. And then they would not come back for the create unknown because we were just a right. vehicle for them to hear mm -hmm. from their uh, people that they yeah. love. And why and that's cool. And like, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, because that was part of the initial conceit of the show was to take these creators seriously in a way that they aren't by anybody else. And we mm -hmm. still are doing that. And we still believe in that element of the show, but we also mm -hmm. wanted to just bolster the element of the show of being able to talk directly with you and not, and have the show also be its own community, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So that was a really good question. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we got an opportunity to explain how that works and why we're cool with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Little P Gamer on Discord asks, what happened to the Vsauce channel and will there be a Vsauce 2 YouTube original? The Well, at the end of the day, whenever I get a question that's like, what happened to X? It's like, well, <laughs> I can't continue to do every idea I've ever had for the rest of my life if I ever want to do new ideas. So, mm -hmm. you know, Wesauce went away because that was largely a place for me to put your BDP. I mean, I don't know how much in the weeds we want to get on this, but basically BDP was a show where I showcased artists and then I created ancillary content to that called your BDP, where I was showing off the Vsauce community creativity in their projects. And I would upload that to Wesauce. But, you know, BDP went away because I had other ideas that I wanted to do. I think first was Thought Glass I started doing instead of BDP. And then I started doing yep. those deep dive episodes, the human experience, invention of series instead of Thought Glass. And it's just a progression of being on mm -hmm. the platform for so long that, mm -hmm. you know, eventually... You do as many of the idea as you had until it's sort of run its course and it's lived its life. And then you start something new. So that's sort of what happened to that. What was the other question? 
Uh, oh, will there be uh, a Vsauce 2 YouTube original? And, you know, you never know on that kind of thing. But I will say that we've developed uh, three or four pre pretty good ideas over the last six months. And uh, we're pushing those out to different different people in places. And it, that process takes such a long time, like development takes forever, uh, that y you can almost never say anything real about the progress of it all. Um, but we have uh, several good ideas that are being thrown out there. And, you know, that's that's a big part of uh, the trips that I've I've been taking and that we have coming up uh, in in future months is exactly this sort of thing. So episodes on YouTube, you know, videos on YouTube are awesome. Uh, uh, but, you know, we've thought um, on on a more cohesive thing, cohesive level, you know, where sometimes there are like six concepts that need to go together and they're not going to fit in a 15 minute video. It's not going to work that way. And yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Kevin's put a bunch of these together and uh, we're talking to people. So yeah, it's we'll also happens, it's yeah. also just fun to do different projects, you know, like I, yeah. I, I see comments sometimes about like disparaging comments, I would say, like, I understand both sides of the argument, but I, but I would say that the, not a lot of people speak up for the creators who just want to do new projects. It's like, mm -hmm. it's fun to be able to work with a production crew. It's, yeah. it's exciting. Different experience. It's totally it? different. It's totally different than doing, you know, so as somebody who's made like literally hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos to walk onto a production set and have somebody whose job it is just to make sure you have your, your like face isn't too shiny <laughs> is, is really yeah. cool and really different and really exciting and novel. And it, you know, it makes new yeah. connections in your brain, having these new experiences like that. So mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand yeah. sometimes the, the audience gets bummed out. It's like, oh, you're just doing like kind of old media sort of thing. But there's a reason that it's that a, stuff exists. It's, it's, yeah. it's It can be a lot of yeah. fun. You can do different things in that format. Uh, just like you can do different things when you're extremely lean and you're like a guy with a GoPro strapped on his head. You know, that's the, the other side of the pendulum swinging. Uh, so, and it's, it's good to do, to do both. You just plain stay fresh that way. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Real quick, uh, Cody Cola. I want <coughs> to, <coughs> Oh, I've, I have the, the black lung, mm. uh, from coal mining as a child <laughs> and chimney sweeping. Um, I want to put a couple of these together because uh, you've, you've addressed it a little bit and we can go a little further on. Cody Cola on YouTube asked, do you have more podcasts featuring YouTubers coming in the future or are you running low on potential guests? We are so not running low. <laughs> we are so not running low. We are so behind. That's like one of the things I've yeah. been really disappointed and stressed yeah. out about when it comes to this podcast is, is I want to do way more interviews. We have a lot of people waiting for us mm -hmm. to just find the time to chat with them. So the answer is no, we're not running low. We are, in fact, part of this switch to weekly episodes was to get more interviews done. So it wasn't just, you know, mm -hmm. two, two a month at most. We could do three in a month. We could do four in a month. It just depends on how many we record. And at this mm -hmm. point, I'm just chomping at the bit 
to get some of these people on the show and 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 chat with them. Yeah, and it's purely been a logistics thing. Like we've had crazy things pop up that that are just that knock us down for a week, whether it's you or me. Um, we couldn't really see those coming. And, you know, you can't have like eight interviews backlogged because uh, by the time by the time, you know, they they do pop, some stuff is going to be irrelevant or stale. Like there's got to be some uh, some current aspect. You know, it doesn't have to be like 24 hours after you talk, but it can't be six months either. And so uh, we have this there's a shelf life is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's like produce. Uh, like you don't have to eat it the day after you buy it, but you can't like put the onions in there and eat them nine months later. Uh, so there's this balancing act between that and in our schedules. And we just happen to to just have stuff come up like things where we're not around. You know, you just went to L.A. for a week uh, to uh, do the, the minefield system stuff. Um, you know, I was in Ukraine, Armenia, you know, I'm off uh, next weekend, uh, for Australia. Um, like it's tough. Prior to it's that, tough, we so. were building a pasta chair in Rome, <laughs> in Italy, which we didn't, which as, as you know, from the episode, uh, anybody who listened, uh, we didn't know about in advance. Like that was, that's really what kicked off the whole thing is that we had like three weeks completely disappear out of nowhere and everything has been you know kind of catch up and jammed in to make it work uh, since then uh, so when something that significant pops up uh, and Armenia and Ukraine literally popped up with like a week's notice didn't it mm -hmm. um, so we've had this really strange series of things we couldn't see coming that, that make it tough to, to record. But yeah, we have a bunch. Uh, J-Rad Sing Sing asks, when is Review Bra getting on the show? We obviously can't commit to something like that, but I love him, man. I, I want to throw him on the ask list. Yeah. There's so many things that I would want to talk to him about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have a connection to re Review Bra, but I'm sure, I'm sure we could find one and hopefully he's interested and amenable. And, and if that's the case, then we would love to have him on the show for sure. Yeah. And I want to point out that Meat Roach, uh, let's, let's drop one or two if you can, because uh, Meat Roach asked specifically, what future interviews do you have planned? Are there a couple uh, people who have said they want to talk that you're comfortable throwing out now or do you want to keep it a secret? Sure. Well, we have... <laughs> Chad, aka anything for views. I mean, yeah, that was right. Everybody on Twitter, knows that because that was right on Twitter. You know that yeah. that happened very publicly. And mm. I'll also say Lord Bung, who mm. just released his latest episode of Confinement, which I have a cameo in. So that's also why I'm comfortable talking about Lord Bung being uh, a future guest because I was literally in one of his, actually two episodes of Confinement. As uh, well, you'll just have to watch. Just watch confinement and listen for my voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's good. You're throwing out two, throwing out two, uh, two very different people as well. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, so Chase uh, again from the Discord. Uh, what's your favorite moment in the Discord and on the show? I have a Discord moment for us. So if you can do the show one, I've got the Discord moment covered. 
Oh man, I wish that I had thought about this ahead of time. I, I would say what sticks out most was actually in our first episode, the episode that we did with Destin from Smarter mm-hmm. Every Day, where he started talking about like Little Debbie snack cake science. Yeah, yeah. That was so unexpected and so fascinating to me. And I still want to learn more about that. You know, how it's made has always been one of my favorite shows. I love learning how things are made because you just never under it's impossible to look at the finished product of anything, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube video or a doorknob, and really have the first iota of mm-hmm. of a hint of a clue the amount of work that and effort that went into creating that. And that's what I love mm-hmm. about how it's made is it's like, here how here's how tires are made or here's how matchsticks are made. And it's always mm-hmm. amazing yeah. and incredible. And just the amount of engineering that go into the machines that make these things. Anyway, mm-hmm. snack cakes, again, is, on, is in the realm of, of things that, I don't understand the science of like how many sprinkles have to go on top of this like sprinkled cake or how many lines of chocolate go specifically on a zebra cake in like what sort of like distanced intervals. Um, mm-hmm. I nerd out on stuff like that. And and so that, that part with, with that Destin cool stuck out. Yeah. That was a really cool moment. And on the discord side, we had the craziest thing happen. Um, I want to say in June, it's, it was right when we, um, when we got the baby gang going, James, who's in Australia, uh, he's in, he's in Brisbane. Um, he's, uh, he's in the baby gang. Uh, so is a guy named, named Keaton and, uh, Keaton, to make this very long, detailed story short, he'd just been in Australia for a month last year or something like that. Oh, yeah, I went through Brisbane. I stayed with a friend here. What neighborhood? Uh, well, it turns out to be basically the neighborhood uh, next to the one where James lives with or uh, where James lives. And the guy who who Keaton had stayed with, the friend he had there, was a mutual friend of James. And so we get this guy from the U.S. and another one from Australia who don't know each other at all. And they slowly, very weirdly and creepily and awesomely realize that they have this serious in real life connection, you know, and they're both like texting the mutual friend, you know, to confirm like, oh, my God, is this real? Um, That was really cool because the odds against that are overwhelming, absolutely overwhelming. Uh, but it showed what happens with a community like ours. That was so, so cool to see uh, such a strange connection like that. You know, every place uh, I, I've ever been, um, you know, people will ask you things like, oh, you're from New York. Do you know uh, whoever? And, you know, you've grown on the inside. They're like, yes, the, the 37 billion people in there. Of course, I know, uh, you know, Joseph, uh, you know, like <laughs> this, it just doesn't work that way ever. But in this case, yeah, it actually worked. That was I was watching it play out in real time. And I remember messaging you about it and just being like, you you got to jump in the discord and watch what's happening right now, because this is incredible and weird and i love it so that so far was absolutely my favorite discord moment kevin i i'm gonna throw one directly to you uh so i can i can get a few in the queue isaac asked uh what's the most obscure game console accessory in your collection what did it take for you to finally have it 
Oh, I don't think I've talked about my video game collection at all on this Not show. Not much. I haven't heard you. Yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> but I do collect video games. I have for years. It's just a, a hobby that I have. And my most, the hardest one I, the hardest thing in the collection for me to find a good copy of was there are these old tabletop arcade machines that came out in like 1983, I think, that mm. Nintendo made. They have these really weird uh, screens with like a mirror on top. Maybe we could find a picture or something to throw into the episode so you guys know what I'm talking about. But anyway, there was one for Mario's Cement Factory, of all things. I mean, this is before <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, okay? And this is when- When he was just coming from Donkey Kong, right? Yeah, he was just kind of like, I think maybe the original Mario Brothers arcade game was out at this point, probably. But yeah, so they made this other thing called Mario's Cement Factory. And that was really tough to find. And what was interesting about that was it was one of those rare like eBay storage mm. wars kind of story where somebody yeah. didn't know what they have. It was dirt mm. cheap. Nobody was paying attention. And I got this thing for like six bucks. I remember you buying that and freaking out over it happening like you'd won the lottery. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 I remember that because uh, then we were talking about uh, you. You have a couple other of those little tabletop things, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember you saying which ones you had and like, uh, I have one that's not Nintendo, but it's like, it's, I think it's called Galaxy or something, but it's a very similar setup uh, where it's a standalone, like it's hard to even describe, uh, be, you know, to people, like you can't relate it to anything now. N not really. I know exactly what you're talking about. If if you watch Angry Video Game Nerd, James Rolfe has a bunch of these. Oh, in the background. In the background. He? Yeah, he has a yeah. whole shelf of these like little tabletop arcade machines mm -hmm. and yeah. and yeah, the Mario Cement Factory. Well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have all that the Nintendo one the ones now. I have it I think it's just Snoopy, Popeye, the Mario one, and then there's like a Donkey mm -hmm. Kong one, and that was pretty much all mm -hmm. they made. But yeah, that Mario one was uh was that was that was yeah that was like my storage wars moment where i found the thing for dirt cheap <laughs> and was very excited about it <laughs> that's awesome uh maruko arts <coughs> on discord asks what are your favorite dinosaurs do you have a favorite i think that when i was a kid i loved triceratops yeah i think so yeah okay yeah. I never liked dinosaurs as a kid. I was just never into them. But I like the really tiny, like, little velociraptors in Jurassic Park, the ones that are a foot tall. Mm -hmm. They're so fast. They can do so much damage. They they look amazing. They're the coolest things in the world. And I love that they travel in packs, too. You know, you got this whole, like, little horde of, of uh, these tiny velociraptors. So it's those and then, like, every other dinosaur. Yeah. Well, the, the yeah. Vsauce premiere for System and the Minefield Halloween special was at the Natural History Museum in LA. So we're like literally hanging around a T-Rex. So that was really cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <coughs> uh, Memph02 again asks, serious question, Legos or Lego? Oh, that's a great question because I, I've, <laughs> it's changed because I got berated on Vsauce 2. 
I grew up saying Legos. That's what it so was. It was Legos. That's like colloquially in you know New York, we say Legos. But yeah. when I said Legos in a Vsauce 2 video, that was oh. that was all I heard about on that video. I don't remember what it was. It was probably like a BDP episode where somebody built some crazy thing out of Lego. And ever since then, <laughs> there are a few things that have happened that have changed the way I say things because of the audience on Vsauce 2. But yeah, they they were now very it's adamant. Hard Lego. Yeah, I do not say Legos anymore. Ever since then, I just go Lego. They say that's that's the official way to say it. It's not Legos. Mm -hmm. It's Lego. I'm glad. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yes. Uh, but I, I, when I saw the question, I so distinctly remembered the Legos Lego debacle of like 2014. <laughs> I remembered. Yeah. What a what a bizarre storm it was, and how I hate when that it was stuff like a happens. Real thing for you. I hate, yeah, yeah. It makes <laughs> it makes me feel frustrated because it's like, and it still happens with the way I pronounce things, and that it's just a, I can't pronounce everything exactly how you pronounce it where you are in the world. That's just it's just the nature of YouTube, where it's like, why yeah. is this guy saying herbs instead of herbs? And it's like, right. well, because where I'm from, we say herbs instead of herbs. There's no hard H in America. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not from the UK where you have the hard H herbs. Like we just pronounce these things differently. I'm sorry. Which even the letter itself, uh, you know, they're quite likely to say H instead of H um, another short one, Tommy, uh, on discord, hey, this is, this is good. Is the band bowling for soup, bowling to receive soup, or are they bowling on behalf of soup? Oh, oh that, uh, you know, oh, that's good. Uh, that that's is good. good. I always assumed that they were bowling, uh, uh to achieve soap or soap. Bowling for soap. <laughs> Bowling for soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought soup was the prize. And if you mm -hmm. if you win the bowling tournament, instead of a trophy, you get a big bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that that also is is much clearer for everybody who's been thinking about this for like 20 years now. <laughs> uh, that's about how long ago that band came out, right? 15 years? Oh man, I don't even really know. I think so. I, it, was, it was never quite my thing, so I don't track bowling for soup uh, that closely. I don't even track soup uh, that closely. S soup. I track bowling. I actually track bowling, bowling very, very, very closely. closely. Yeah, you love bowling. Yeah, so I, <laughs> like I know that I can tell you uh, who's who's making the cut uh, to round three in the U.S. Open that's happening right now. Uh, but but yeah, when we get to the soup part, no, I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when there's like soup available in like a buffet style, like an open kind of area where it's like anybody mm. can get some of the soup. Like count me out. I'm out of that equation. I'm not I, – no matter how hungry I am, I'm not eating communal soup. So vats of food are a turnoff to you? Huge, huge turnoff. <laughs> but but yeah, like in general they are. But, but soup in particular because you just need like one – piece of something nasty to get into that pot of soup and it's everywhere. You're not wrong. You're uh, not wrong. It's not a good mechanism for, it's a great mechanism for bacteria. 
yes. That's like a big test tube. Big test tube. It is. For illness. Yeah. Uh, Toji, who uh, is also in Australia, she's in the Discord, has uh, a pretty, pretty sensible one here. Did you ever doubt starting the Create Unknown during the production process? And how did you overcome any anxiety in starting it? Because um, we we did have a very long startup phase, didn't we? Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was anxiety as much of just hoping that we were happy with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think whenever you start any project or or a new job or you're going to a new school or whatever it is, yeah, there is that that level of kind of nervous anticipation that it goes well for sure. But I think that's just natural. I think we had some doubts early on with whether it was going to happen because we needed a partner on it for a a lot of reasons. We had to work with somebody on the production side, uh, mainly because we didn't we didn't have uh, the time or resources to do that part adequately. Uh, So we had to have a partner and we tried to find one. We thought we were really close on on a good partnership with them. And then it fell through like two feet from the finish line. Um, and then it was a question of, uh, how do we want to proceed? Do we want to spend another six months sorting out details with somebody? Uh, do we want to try to put it together ourselves? Um, uh, that was, I think we had some doubts in, in that process that was like over a year long. Um, because I know that distinctly, and I think somebody else asked this question, I'll, I'll refer to them when I see it again, but about how we got the idea in the first place, you know, and I, I brought it to you in April of 2016, I think maybe March, I don't know. Um, and it took a really long time to sort out the partnerships and how it would fit for us. Uh, at a certain point, it was like, hey, this hasn't been working out for 12 months. We still haven't found a partner. Do we just do it uh, and figure it out as we go along or do we just move on to other things? Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of anxiety on something like that, on whether you kill a project. Uh, it feels bad to think about the sunk cost of your time, uh, everything you've put into it and then moving on. You know, it's it's there's a lot of anxiety there. And I think. I think you just have to do what is best at that time and and really internalize the fact that that you did what was best regardless of what came before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of like proverbs and sayings and stuff that are like that, like don't throw good money after bad. Uh, it's the same idea, like when you commit to doing what you know is the right thing and the best thing, the anxiety goes away. Yeah. You you don't know that you're making the best decision, but you recognize that you think you're making the best decision and that has to be good enough. Yeah. And it can be a balancing act between also just saying, I don't know how well this is going to turn out, but I just need to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Propaganda pirate on Discord. Favorite thing you've come across from the last year? And that's very general. I know. I'm like, well, I've had some uh, apple cider donuts recently that were pretty good. Um, Yeah, I'm really happy with uh, Michael and Jake's shows. Uh, Those turned out really well. Yeah. Um, The pasta chair video was a total curveball that I never expect 
I never expected to 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 do or to happen this year that happened that I'm really proud of and, and happy with. That was a great yeah. experience. You know, that that could really that question could really range could go in a lot of ways. Go in a lot of ways. Mm, My favorite, I don't know, man. I think, what do you is, think? My favorite is a not not so much a specific thing, but a couple communities of people who I really like uh, that are that are in the YouTube sphere. Uh, you know, one in particular. There's this just a, a Twitter chat of of people who um, who are mostly on YouTube. Uh, I'd say like ninety percent of them have have channels, and some have really big channels, and some don't. And I don't care. Uh, they're an awesome group of people uh, that. It are extremely supportive, a lot of fun. Uh, they know a lot too. Like they just, they have shocking amounts of knowledge and it shows how powerful it is when you get a couple dozen people together who all have areas of expertise that are not your own, whether it's sound, editing, uh, you know, just even a different perspective on things like the algorithm. You know, that's something I deal with is optimization, but uh, I might be wrong a lot of the time, you know, and, and it's important to hear other people. So yeah, the, these little kind of pockets of, of talent, um, Zalgalu, who's in our discord, uh, and has a, has a great channel. He introduced me to a, to a couple of these communities, uh, back in like early, like late spring, early summer kind of thing. Um, that's made a tremendous difference in how I feel about the day. Like I, I, I just feel better about about going through like days grinding on YouTube stuff uh, because I have more people uh, to talk to about things. Uh, that, so that thank has you, Zalgalu, for that. That has been probably the the most positive. Well, one of the most positive things for me from doing this podcast is just the friendships that we've made with these YouTubers has been so yeah. cool. Like just since doing just in the past year of doing this, I can't even think of the amount of YouTubers that I'm really close with now that I wasn't before, you know, yeah. and, and that was kind of like a, there was a hint of that before we started like, Hey, maybe this will like give us a reason to kind of talk with more YouTubers. It, it gives you an outlet yeah. for it. It kind of gives you an excuse to say, Hey, you know, so-and-so I'm a fan of your work. Do you want to like chat about it on this podcast? But there's so many more YouTubers that I'm friends with now that haven't been on the podcast and hopefully they will be someday, but just being kind of more tapped into them as well as, you know, the listeners of this show mm -hmm. has been life altering in a really positive way. Yeah. We talked about it in reference to VidCon, comparing VidCon oh, 2019 yeah, yeah. to VidCon 2018 and socially it was a radically different experience. It wasn't even being on the same planet and a lot more so for me than for you because, you know, people know you and you've been around such a long time. Um, but yeah, I didn't ever have a reason to talk to iDubs. You know, I didn't ever have a reason to say hey to virtually anybody outside of, of Vsauce or like a, a handful of people who we've come across in the past. Um, it was a completely different experience to to be able to talk to some of the people we'd talk to on the show. You know, talking to Destin at Educon was an amazing thing that wouldn't have happened in 2018. Um, 
so yeah, it has changed everything. And something that I want to do an episode on in the future is, is how important it is to show up to stuff and talk to people. Uh, and the last year and really everything surrounding the create unknown, which is ironic because it's a digital thing has further reinforced how important all of that is. And I know it's hard for a lot of people. Uh, number one on logistics, it's really tough to, it's really tough to get to events because you got to work and you, you know, got to usually find a way to get there and, and all of this and stuff. And it can be really expensive too. Oh, shockingly expensive in a lot of cases, uh, but there are ways around that, you know, and there, there are local things. There are always things nearby you that are going to work on a small scale, you know, but you have to go there, you have to meet people and that's hard. You know, the networking, the talking, uh, there's a lot of dis a lot of discomfort and anxiety around that stuff, even for people who like it and who are more extroverted. Uh, you know, it's funny. We've talked about some of the same conversations and had both had anxiety in different ways about, about being in the situation, even though, you know, I'm on one side and you're on the other. So it's hard for everybody. Um, but yeah, you've got to mix it up with people. You got to go places, talk to them, hang out with them, uh, be normal, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> it does. If you're not going to be normal, yeah, you, you've <laughs> got to be memorably charming. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody is normal, but it it does it does make a big difference. It does kind of yeah. reinforce bonds in a way that is impossible to do online. Yeah. But I would say that for a lot of us, definitely for me. Creating those bonds online and then meeting up with the people and connecting in real life is extremely valuable. I have a hard time yeah. just being like at a VidCon or something and just walking around and introducing myself to people and like I just don't operate that way, or at least not mm -hmm. well uh, or comparatively to, to other people. But in this past year of doing this podcast and getting to know so many creators – I, there were so many creators I didn't end up meeting at VidCon that I really wanted to yeah. uh, because there was just not enough time. So I'm really looking forward to going next year. And if any of you listeners are interested in going, you know, we'll definitely be there for sure. Favorite uh, restaurant, Andrew and the Baby Gang wants to know your favorite restaurant. Okay. Favorite restaurant would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything that anyone's ever heard of. You know, I, I'm not a really huge fan of chain restaurants, hmm. you know, like Jake, for yeah, instance. Yeah, you always want to go, you always want to go to like some weird hole in the wall <laughs> that that has like negative four Yelp reviews. You're like, oh, nobody in the world <laughs> likes this place. That's where I want to go. That's, that's <laughs> not true. I don't want to go to, that's exactly true. to terrible places, but you know, <laughs> I also don't want to just go to... Taco Bell and Chili's like Jake Roper does. God bless him. <laughs> They're fun in their own way. I, I like to go to places yeah. that ha ha make fresh, unique dishes that I can't get anywhere else. So that's really what, I, what I'm into on that. What about you? Do you have some like specific place where you're like, I love Red Lobster or something like that? Um, I, I have a lot of them. I mean, I, I really like certain buffets in Las Vegas. Mora hates buffets, by the way. So she swallows a bitter pill every time I, I take her to I do a too. So we relate on that. Yeah. 
I, you're a buffet guy or you aren't, you know, there's no in between really. Um, but my answer on this is, is kind of lame where it's more about the experience, who I'm going with, um, you know, what the, what the whole mood is like, like when I think of the best burgers I've ever had, I think of, you remember that Peter, Peter Pan themed restaurant in Vienna? Yes. Yeah. So we chose this out of nowhere because it was like right in front of us and it looked cool, uh, but it looked like a kind of regular, normal restaurant. Um, it was really good food. I don't know why they played Peter Pan soundtracks the entire time. <laughs> I don't know why Peter Pan burger is a thing, but this was like a classy place. It wasn't. It was nice. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like a, a fast food place. It was a nice restaurant. Uh, Maura and Kevin and I were there, uh, cause Kevin was doing his, his Ted talk. Um, it's funny. I don't know if that was the best tasting burger I've ever had in my life. I don't know. I really can't, can't rank them. But when I think, oh, what's the best burger I've had? I think of that place because we had such a good time there. It was awesome. And that's how I process food. You know, there's an Italian restaurant uh, in town called Toscana that I love because uh, every time Maura and I go, we just have the best time ever. Um, is it the best Italian food? Well, it's the second best meatball I've ever had. Uh, but is it the best Italian food? I don't, I don't know. But when I think of great restaurants for me, it's such a good feeling and memory. That's, that's how I, I yeah, it's it. like less clinical and more romantic almost for you. It's like an emotional connection yes. to the experience. Yes. Um, we're running low on time. Let's, uh, let's end on a good one. What do you got? Oh, a good one. So we got pages. We've actually gotten through a lot of these. I mean, uh, more than half. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, I should have prepped the final question, you know, like this one we're saving to be the sign off, uh, question. Well, it's so just, it's sure just, it's, the, it's just the final question for this episode. You know, we still are going to answer these questions at the end of every episode. If you yeah. are a patron for the patrons. So if, mm -hmm. if you love this <laughs> style mm -hmm. of podcast and you want to yep. be involved moving forward, then definitely check out patreon.com slash the create unknown. Cause it's, it's really what we do over there. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, we love the questions and to talk about the things. And sometimes we go really deep into something that you didn't think that, that you would like the meatball thing. Jeff uh, Davis asked about, um, about food like that. And I think he asked specifically about meatballs because we were talking Italian food a couple weeks back and that turned into like a seven minute thing really about like how, how processing the food world works. Uh, and you'd never think that something like that would, would turn into a real answer. Um, and it's a lot of fun to, to have some of those. And you had a really long explanation, which was super revealing. I just sat back and listened to you talk about music and why certain bands mattered, uh, the way that, that they mattered, it just how it all worked. And that was like, that was so revealing and awesome and good. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that we throw in uh, with the after shows. Yeah, there have been moments of the after show where I'm like, this is better than the regular show. <laughs> I almost, yeah, I, I'm like some of some of the questions pull out discussions that are hard sometimes for us to do mm -hmm. on our own. And that's what I love about them. Yep. 
So I think I've got one uh, that I like like for this. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Cool, who is a daily staple in Discord. That's uh, K U with an umlaut over it. H L. Um, his question's a biggie. If you could go back to the age of eighteen and start your career over, would you? And would you do anything differently? Change anything? Hardest part about what you do and the most rewarding. So there's a lot in there, but let's start with if you could go back to 18, how, how would things be different? Well, YouTube didn't exist when I was 18. So it would be, it was impossible for me to do YouTube when I was 18 because it was mm-hmm. years away from being invented. Um, but to answer the question as best as I can, I, I wish that I had an understanding of my love of working in creative fields sooner. It took me a really long time to figure that out. And it was almost a weird situation where people who knew me, like teachers and family members, knew it about me, but I didn't understand it. It really yeah. wasn't until like I went through college after like a few years in college, really, that I, I understood that about myself and I feel like mm. I wouldn't have been as far behind in life if I had just figured that out sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I was doing radically different stuff back in that day. Uh, you know, I was on track uh, to do a PhD in politics, political science related things. Um, it's just night and day different from what I ended up doing, where I eventually shifted to writing and editing or whatever. I'm really torn on this stuff, and I don't know how to think about any of it because. Um, uh, you know, I also think of it in terms of relationships where obviously I'd want to avoid the bad ones and the things that ruined my life for years. But at the same time, if I hadn't done, if I hadn't gone through those things, uh, I would not be wh- who I am now. And if I'm not who I am now, uh, Maura and I have talked about this a lot, where we've had some terrible things in the past. If they hadn't happened, we never would have been together. So how do you know? How do you know if doing something differently would play out successfully? If it would, uh, what you'd even change to get to a better spot? I have no idea at all. Absolutely none. Um, I don't think I would do anything differently. Uh, And the hardest part about what we do, um, even that changes. The things that were hard to me three years ago are not hard now and new things are difficult. What's the, what's the really difficult thing for you? Titles and thumbnails. <laughs> yeah. The titles and thumbnails are like the bane of my existence. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely want to do an entire episode talking about that at some point, because I don't know yeah. if people understand what a struggle it is and how mm-hmm. important it is to nail the title and the thumbnail on a YouTube video, at least for me and and, and in my experience. We talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit with Derek Veritasium, yeah. but that's the hardest thing for me. And and like I said, yeah. I'd love to talk about it like in depth in an episode, so I don't want to mm-hmm. go off the rails on it too much. But yeah, I struggle with the, that a lot. The hardest thing for me is time and energy. Uh, and, and we've alluded to this in the past too, that, you know, like I'm not in shape the way I was five years ago because I don't have the time and energy to, you know, like make dedicated, uh, time for certain activities. That's a really hard thing. Um, 
like the actual hardest part about what the combination of stuff that I do now isn't in the actual stuff. It's not in the actual work. It's in uh, fitting other things that I that I want to do in life with all of that stuff. Um, it's brutally difficult. You know, we talk about these trips. I spent five hours last night and I was up very late because I had to, you know, book a trip to Las Vegas um, because I'm leaving from Las Vegas to go, go to New Zealand. And the way this works is there are constant, constant trade-offs like, do I go to Albany or Syracuse, which is 90 minutes away, and pay more for a flight for the convenience of only driving 90 minutes to the airport? Or do I drive three and a half hours to four hours, if I stop and go to the bathroom, to fly out of Newark, um, where Newark is a direct flight and like $200 cheaper on that flight? But then when I come home and I'm tired after this whole trip, I've got to have a longer drive home than before. Um, do I go on the shorter route and then like pay somebody to, to pick me up and drop me off. So I don't have to pay for parking. Um, it's, it's really nuts. Like all of the way, like these things fit into actual life. Um, it's really tough and it's, it's getting, you know, it gets harder. Um, and there's this point where you're maxed out on what you can do, but you don't quite have the resources to say like, Hire a personal assistant who can handle everything for you. I'm not there yet. So things are ramping up. I have much more to do on a tighter schedule and it's more difficult, but I don't have the resources to make it easier for myself quite yet. Um, that's the brutal stuff. The actual work, and we have a ball. Like, don't we honestly have a, a pretty, pretty good life? Like, most days are pretty good, man. <laughs> like... We talk about interesting stuff most of the time. Um, there's a there's a lot of hard stuff, and it's a slog and whatever uh, with with making videos. But like the actual, the difficulties for me at least, you know, they're they're having to do with the career's impact on your life more so than the actual career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It is hard to do everything. As we sign off, most rewarding part of it. That was the last part of Captain Cool's question. The most, re this is going to sound cheesy, but it's when people are happy with the video. When people are, are really, and it doesn't have to mean like it gets a lot of views. It could just be like a comment. Like, man, there was some comment that I saw. I showed it to you. I think it was last week or something. I think it was on the dot game video where someone was like, you know, I had heard about this dot game, like when I was a teenager in class or something, and I never really understood yeah. it. But like now after watching your video, like I'm really, I get it finally, and I'm really excited about it. And mm. he was basically like, I just want you to know like how much I appreciate kind of your enthusiasm behind this stuff and, and, and helping me understand it in a way that gets me excited about it again. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's intense for me in a really, a really good way and a really hopeful and positive way to, to hear from people saying, you know, what, what you have done has affected my life for the better. That's, that's, I can't ask for more than that. No, and mine is is straight up watch time. I, I'm still 
it's staggering to me when I do the math on on people that I work with. We've done it with Vsauce 2 stuff where you figure out how many combined years of humanity go or have, have been dedicated to watching your videos that I can't get over that. You know, that, that when you can look and say people have spent thousands of, of years combined engaging in what you do, you know, and whether uh, I mean, I like it on on working with you. Obviously, I like it with this podcast. I, I love knowing the the staggering amounts of years that people have spent listening to uh, what we've had to say and thinking about about those topics. Uh, when I work on the management side, um, you know, I'm not making content with those guys, but I'm doing the things that allow them to make more content. And I can look at something that gets, you know, let's say two million views, and I know that uh, uh, the average view on it was probably ten minutes. Uh, well, there's twenty million minutes. That's about forty years of time. It feels really good to know that you're doing something that helps that person create more stuff that's going to engage humanity for like forty or fifty years. I, I still, I don't think I will ever come to terms with how awesome this is. That's Every time I think of it, I'm, I just think like, wow, wow. Yeah. And that feeling hasn't gone away in in many years. And so I, I think five years from now, I'm still going to say, wow. It is amazing. It is amazing when you put it in that context and quantify it that way. Well, I hope, you know, we didn't obviously get to everybody's questions. There are so many more that, you know, we'll continue to answer for our patrons. If, if you want to continue to ask and, and hear our answers to, to, to questions like this, just go to patreon.com slash the create unknown where we do this at the end of every episode. And we also have our live stream where we, we can interact with you directly. And for everybody else, thank you so much for, for being involved for uh, asking the questions in the community post and on Twitter and everything. Like I said, we love hearing from you and we love the questions that you give us because it does force us mm -hmm. to think about things where we haven't been thinking about for the last week or the last few months. And all of a sudden it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well now I kind of have to handle this and I'm not sure quite how to. So yeah. it's it's really fun hey, for us. We got to about 30 questions. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't all of them. Uh, we'll hit some of the others uh, in, in future episodes, but I'm, I'm pumped that we got through as many as we got through. So thank you for uh, asking these on the various platforms, YouTube, Discord, Twitter, all of that. Um, <laughs> one of the questions uh, I think I forget who asked was, do we have any pets? Yeah, I have Piglet. He just crashed the set for the 80th <laughs> time. Um but uh, yeah, so it was awesome. I, I really am looking forward to doing this uh, in a full dedicated episode again. I hope that we we can have another one of these in the future. But in the meantime, we're doing it on the after shows uh, and throwing these into every episode uh, for the patrons. So whether you're a patron or not, like Kevin said, thank you for showing up and saying hey to us talking to us about crazy things and serious things and everything in between. Uh, it's been, it's been a remarkable year that has absolutely changed my life. Um, I'm really glad that we did the whole thing and, and that the community has built around it the way that it has. For sure. For sure. So thank you again. You like our brains. Well, guess what? We like your brains too. We'll see you next week until next time. 
See you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you liked what you heard, and I certainly hope that you did, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really go a long way. While you're at it, you can also watch the video version of this show on youtube.com slash thecreateunknown. Check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. You can get the full episode. You can join the Idea Baby Gang, become one of the known access creator services. There's a lot going on on our Patreon. It's all part of phase three of TCU. So go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Follow us on social media. We tweet at createunknown. We're on Facebook and Instagram at thecreateunknown. You can follow me, Matt, and the show on Podchaser for podcast updates. You can also find a link to our Discord in the show notes. We love our Discord because we get to talk to you and you get to talk to us. So join our Discord. Our website is thecreateunknown.com. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber and Matt Tabor. Check out what we do on YouTube at Vsauce2 and on Twitter at KevLieb and TaborTCU. Links in the show notes. Executive producer is Dave Kiney. This episode was edited by Zalgaloo. Our theme song is by the incredible Mega Drive. Special thanks to Paula Lieber, Mo Lewitt, and Dorothy Kiney. Until next time, see ya, Space Cowboys. Cowboys.